Welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and as always, we have a jam-packed show for you, and, well, you know what? No, we don't. We can take our time with this show. We don't... It's not that jam-packed. We've got two epic, enormous, awesome series finales, but they're not that long, really. They've got a lot in them, but they're not... They're not that long, so they're going to be exciting, because they're going to be the two big shows, basically, are ending tonight. Epic Echoes... Well, Epic Echoes technically is beginning tonight with the premiere episode of Epic Echoes, so to speak, because it's the backwards series. You get it? You get it? Okay, okay, got it? Okay. Okay, good. Then we've got the last episode of Guard Duty, and it's just the straight-up last episode. There's nothing tricky about that, other than that, you know, I dream of, of continuing it someday, but for now, it's the last episode of Guard Duty. But let me introduce my uh, co-hosts here, my, my co-hosts. Uh, I have three with me, as as usual. I didn't last time, but I do now. Let's get through them. Uh, Mr. Scape White, how are you doing today? Hello, guys. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. I'm glad you're good. I am good. I am really still very excited about the, st- the songs that I did last time and they are awesome and yeah that's about it cool cool i'm glad you're excited yeah it's good to be done with my semester you know right and you you've got an extra credit assignment that you're going to be uh uh, reading out to us later tonight well not reading but reciting out to us right yes but one of my extra credit essays well you're only i mean you didn't do more than one well no okay yeah no i didn't do more than one but this i'm gonna i'm gonna read it recite it yeah well that's the same thing isn't it no when people really are normally reading they're reading like they're looking at the words and they're saying them out loud as they see them, but you don't understand them when you look at them. So it's not really reading. Oh, well, okay, whatever. That's, I mean, I read it because I know what it says. <laughs> sure, ki- kind of. I do, for real. You say so. But let's get to our other host. Uh, we got Mr. Rory Sinjin here. Rory, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Oh, yes, please, go right ahead. Uh, it's about the Queen's Institute. How are things going? I, I, you know, I, I know uh, it's it's beginning to be more of a burden on you. That's getting to be a lot of work and all, because uh, you actually had me get a fill-in for this day in history, and where are they now in history, I should say. What's going on there? Well, you know, we're, we're in we're in overgear, you know, getting final preparations ready for this the fall semester. I mean, you know, final. We have all summer, of course, but, you know, we're informing students of, you know, their their status as students that they've been accepted, etc. You know, things like that. It's it's very time consuming. It's very time consuming. And unfortunately, even though we, we did have two weeks, I was not able to do where are they now in history. So, you know, you did get a fill in for I did, I did, and uh we'll 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 hear that later on. But um, you know, is it, I mean, is this going to be a problem? Well, no, it's not going to be a problem because you're ending the podcast. So how could it be a problem? Well, uh, okay, well, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But no, I mean, I mean more in the sense of um, over these next couple shows. I, I said there was going to be two more shows. Are you not going to be able to do Days in History for those? No, I'll be fine. Look, I'll be fine. I just wasn't able to do it this time. I'm sure by the next episode I'll be able to do it. Well, I hope so. But I mean, I'm very excited about the Queen's Institute. This is something I've been building towards my entire life. You know, working at the Brooklyn Institute was very important to me and meant a lot to me. But you know, I'm going to be running an institute, and without the Brooklyn Institute, it's, it is the premier institute for extra historical studies on the East Coast. You know, this is a big deal, and it's going to be, you know, somewhat prestigious. So, you know, as much as I love doing, where are they now in history? Uh, you know, it's probably better for me not to spend so much of my time on, th- on things that don't make me any money. 
directly. So much of your time. How much of your time could it possibly take? You know, you, they're they're like a minute long. Yes, but you don't understand how much research goes into those things. You know, I have to read you know books and books for every day that I do, and God forbid I do two days at once. You know, that's that's quite a lot of synthesizing that I have to do. You know, I have to get everything about both different subjects, everything about the message that we're trying to get across, and then I have to come up with a a true way that another world synthesizes all of those facts into one concise minute and a half. It's it's a lot of work, you know. It takes a lot of preparation, and frankly, I'm I'm somewhat relieved that it's going to be done. Well, you're, I mean, come on, it's not going to be done. I mean, even if we do end the podcast, and again, we'll we'll discuss that a little bit later on. Even if we do end the podcast, you you'd you'd finish the days of the year. I mean, there's only 360, well, six if you do leap year, 366 days. Are you are you seriously not going to finish them? You're going to leave however many days hanging? Like, I mean, you, you know, is that really something you would do to to our audience? I mean, I think they they're going to want the full collection of where are they now in histories, aren't they? Well, look. We'll see. Perhaps if someone starts a a, a fund drive, I will take the money. You know? Oh, come on. No, this is a free, this is free entertainment. We've been giving this away the whole time. You can't start charging for it now. Well, then what? I, then I don't understand how I can be expected. The same way you've always been. Rory, we've been doing this for free. And I think to some extent you owe the readers a completion of work. Well, look, we'll see. It's up to, you know, it's up to me how I spend my time. And if I don't finish it. Then maybe I'll have somebody else finish it. Maybe I'll have Frank finish it. Well, Jordan, don't say his name so loud. You'll wake him. And I don't think that that would be appropriate. You know, I, if anyone's going to do it, it should be me, but I'm just saying that you know, maybe I won't. Well, if you don't, I, the show belongs to me. So if you don't, maybe I will. And it would serve you right if I had Frank do it. That, now, see here. It's my intellectual property. I bought it fair and square from Jordan A. White, sort of. Look, the point I is... I know what your point is, and I just... I'm just... Look, uh, can we discuss it later? You said you were going to discuss the show later, so you know, maybe we'll discuss this then as well. All right, all right. We'll just move on then. My final co-host is sleeping, um, but I'm going to wake him up. Uh, his name is Frank Allen, and I think he is, uh, I think he's a little drunk, um, but we're going to see how he is. Frank, uh, Frank, wake up, what? Frank. What? What are you doing? What? What is it? What do you want? I'm introducing everybody. Frank, it's so, uh, this is Mr. Frank Allen. He's a show host. Yeah, well, look, I, you know, I, I used to be a show host. I used to be a show host, and now I am just... A, I, I am just a guy. I am just a guy who has very little going on. So, you know, show host. Yeah. There's a job that gets you somewhere. There's a job that gets you somewhere. That's, uh, I'm, I'm lying. It doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere. Well, Frank, I mean, you've never been a professional show host. Yeah. And see how far it gets you. No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. You've never done it. You've only ever been an amateur show host. Well, that's because it's a job that you can't get. That's why I. That's why I haven't done it. Is what I'm saying. So it's it's a way that they can keep you from achieving your dreams by wanting you to want to be a show host, and then you just don't even get to do it. You just don't even get to do it because they nobody wants it. There's no... It's like you'd think looking around, oh, there must not be any shows because no one wants any shows hosted. But there's a lot of shows and they all have hosts. So that means that's not, that's not what it is. So then what is it? It's, I, it's just you. That they don't want to hire. It's only just because it's you. And when you say you, you mean... I mean me. I mean, yeah. You know, they don't... I mean, they don't... They didn't hire you. So, that they didn't hire either of us. But if they... 
that I'm spilling. If they if they didn't want me, then why would they want you? I mean, look, all I'm saying is that it's a crappy job, and nobody wants it except all the people who are show hosts. Yeah, but they don't. I don't get to do it, so I don't even. I'm saying I don't want it. I don't want to be a show host. You want me? Hey, you want me to host your show? Well, shut up, because your show sucks. And I don't. I didn't even want to host it today. Maybe I did yesterday, but I don't anymore because it sucks. All right, Frank, 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 put it down, put it down. <sighs> no, this is mine. I don't have to put it down. I can do what I want with it. I can drink it. Ah, that's good. And I can drink it as much as I want because I'm free. I don't have any show hosting to do. Right now. Well, technically, you know, you kind of do. This is a, we're on a podcast and you're one of the hosts. You're one of the co-hosts. Yeah, well, I can do that. Watch. Hey, watch this. Hey, did you, are you listening to this podcast? Look, I'm not drinking. Wow. I am talking on the podcast. So I can do both. I have the ability to do, to do both things at the same time. And it's not a problem for me. Is it a problem for you? To do two things at once? No, not typically. Well, then I don't, then, then it's fine. So look, I can do this while I drink this. And oh, God, they keep coming. Oh, they smell. Wow. Frank, ugh. Oh, so what is. I'm a guy that is a guy now. Instead of a show host. That's what I think. Uh, very good. It's good that you think that. All right. Well, uh, let's, speaking of which, actually, well, uh, let's get into it, I guess. Um, Scape, you ready? Yeah, of course I'm ready. All right. Let's do this. It's a Look at that asshole. Frank, what are you doing? You're taking... You're, you're ruining our song. I'm just... I, I... It's... You know, I'm just singing with you, kind of. You're taking the fun out of it. We're, the whole idea is that we're calling you an asshole. I am an asshole. I am. Play the thing. Give me... Give me that. No, Frank, that's mine. Frank, Frank what are you doing? I'm no, an asshole. I'm an asshole. Oh, did you know that I am an asshole? I am an asshole. I am an asshole. I am an asshole. Okay, very good, very good. All right, give, give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Frank, don't touch my ukulele when you're drunk. You smell. I smell all the time. It's not, I don't just smell when I'm drunk. So, that, you know, you can just hold your nose. And deal with it because I'm just a guy now. Well, right. Frank Allen is just a guy now. He is an unemployed guy now. Um, last time you heard from us, uh, Frank was arrested for causing a public scene at his place of business. Well, not. I mean, it's not his place of business. At the place that hired him as a as a, a host at a restaurant, uh, Le Lieu. Le, le, le. It's called Le Lieu. Le. That's the name. Of the place. Right. Right. Uh, anyway, he was arrested for... For telling, just for telling people the truth about what the world is like 
And I don't know why that's illegal. Well, I do know why. Oh, you do? Yeah, because they don't want anybody to know about it. They just are like, the world is a beautiful place. Well, no, it's not. The world is a crappy place. The world is a place where dreams are, are dying. So you, you, didn't, you, don't, you don't want to have people just eating their food in a restaurant. You want to tell them the truth. And you, so you go to them and you say, your life is like a rat turd that is in our kitchen. Oh, Frank, you didn't say that. I did. And I brought out the little turd that I found. I said, this turd is like you. And you are smushy like this. And then I smushed it. So it was like, it was to, as a metaphor to show that their life is so soft and easy to just crush. That's what it meant. And they didn't, they didn't understand what I meant. They thought I was trying to put the poop in the food. And I wasn't trying. I, it, I, it was an accident that it went in the food. I was trying to teach them a, a life lesson about what life is like. And instead, it turned into a thing where they didn't want to eat the turd. And I was like, well, you got to just eat the plate you're given in life. That's another metaphor. It's another metaphor. And they didn't want it. They didn't want my metaphor. And so I was left in a cop car while the cops were driving it. Instead, because you were arrested. Yeah, that's because I was arrested. Is what I, that's what I know. That's what I'm saying. And so I called you and I said, "Will you come save me from the police?" You uh, you asked me to bail you out, right? And you did, which means you are my friend. Rory is not my friend. You can tell because he didn't come and bail me out. Now, Frank, that's not that's not fair. Rory, I mean, Rory wanted to go and get you earlier than I did. I wanted to finish the show, and I did finish the show, so, you know, that's fine. But Rory, I mean, Rory was trying to get Rory me to... Rory just wanted to because he wanted to make fun of me more for being a, a drunken, arrested one. And he that's all he wants is to go, oh, you got arrested. Well, to be fair, Frank, he hasn't said that. He has not said a word, I don't think, since you've started talking. Because he thinks he's better than me, and he thinks that I am drunk, but I'm not drunk. I just am seeing the world clearly. Through drinking alcohol. Well, look, because, look, you don't know about it. Because you don't drink. I don't drink. You're absolutely right. I've never, I've never had a sip of alcohol in my life. You've never, you've never had a sip of alcohol in your life. No, never. You've never had one sip. No, no, I, I, I haven't. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You, that you're. How old are you? I'm thirty. What? You've never had. Jordan, let me tell you something. Come here. Let me tell you something. What? Come here. A little closer. Come here, close. What? They're here, just drink no, this! Frank! Frank, what is... What are you doing? I just wanted you to drink it. I just wanted you to drink it. Just a sip. So you could say, I had a sip in my life. Well, I didn't. I don't... Frank, I don't want to do that. God! What is wrong with you? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with you that you never had a sip? I mean, come on. 
look, here's how it is. All right, here's how it is. There's life that you have. It's what everybody has every day. You you know about it. Yes, I have it every day. Yes, I, I know what life is. Yes. And then there's what you don't have every day, which is real life, which is good life. And that and the difference between the two is a really big number. But what you do is when you drink this alcohol that I am drinking, then the then the further the further away it is, the less you notice that it's far because you're drinking the alcohol now. So basically, it's like there's a distance. But the more alcohol there is, the less the distance is. And you're like, no, everything is pretty good, actually. And that's when you think that your life is okay. And you're like, well, if there, if I was, if life isn't good, then how did I get this alcohol? Did you, did you know? Okay. Um, that's, I, you know what? That's brilliant. Um, oh, wow. Will you look at the time? It's time for us to get to Epic Echoes, which is our very first uh, show of the night. Now, as I said, Epic Echoes is a backwards series. Uh, so the way that that works is we started out with the series finale way back in the, you know, probably first or second episode. I'd have to double check to see which one it was. And um, that was the culmination, the the, the end of uh, of the, the, the journey of the flashback. Uh, in fact, I believe, if I remember correctly, Max Thornfield retires and uh, kisses Molly Singh and uh, they live happily ever after or something there or thereabouts. Uh, now we're going to get to the very first episode, the series premiere. Hopefully everybody will enjoy it just as much as they enjoyed the entire series stemming from this point. This is called Chosen Sacrifice. Enjoy. The Backwards Series, Season 4, Episode 11, Chosen Sacrifice, the series premiere by Jordan D. White. Just another typical morning in the Flashpoint, home of the world-famous science heroes, the Flashpack. Intrepid team leader Max Thornfield was poring over decades-old historical records in his never-ending quest to find his father. Genius inventor Molly Singh was sketching out specs for a new wild machine. The ingenious Sarah Keen was calculating the statistical likeliness of the last of the unicorns dying off. Super buff Giles Thornfield was doing hyper crunches. Young adventurer Jimmy Kovacs was finishing up his Scienceology homework. Team Joker Jill Slaughter was... Hey, Julie, as you've so ably pointed out, we're all working on things. It's a lot easier to do without someone describing everything you're doing for no reason. Well, I'm kind of bored. You guys all have projects to keep you busy, but I've got nothing. Bored, 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 Amundo, bored. All right, why don't you go repair the artificial oxygen maker in the lower decks? It's been... Fixed it last night. It just needed an oxyphonic G-registrator. You could finish... Painting that Harlequin mural. 
in your quarters. I also finished that last night. As you'd know if you hadn't been off on another one of your little El Paso jaunts. Jimmy said it reminded him of the carnival we went to on M. Laker 9 when he was 10. Why don't you work on that hyperdrive you and Molly have been making? Molly's already busy working on something. Don't use me as your excuse. We can go work on the hyperdrive if you want. This schematic isn't a big deal. Just a couple of emergency hyperjets. Okay, okay, you got me. I just don't feel like it. Besides, there'll be plenty of time for that later. We can finish it tomorrow. Or the next day. Well, you're going to have to find something to occupy yourself. We've been doing non-stop science harrowing for the past three days. I, for one, want to make the most of this time off while it lasts. I'm no closer to finding my father than I was when I was eight. Oh, come on, Max. You've gone this long. You can wait another day. We should be living life, experiencing thrills, taking the bull by the horns, doing things that scare the snot out of us. We should take every moment we're alive as a gift and live it to the fullest. Isn't there anything you want, anything you regret not doing while you had the chance? Well, of course there is. But these records are due back at the library tomorrow. I don't want to get a fine. A library fine. That's what's keeping you from living the life you want. What about the rest of you? What are your excuses? The unicorns aren't going to save themselves. Every minute I waste on myself, another one of them dies. Well, at least that's noble. I have homework. Believe me, my teacher will make me regret not doing it. Practical, I suppose. (laughs) Don't look at me. I'm living the life I want. What about you, Molly? I know there's something you've always wanted to do. If you could only get up the nerve. What? I... I have no idea what you're talking about. Sure you do. Your little crush. Oh my. What's the buzz here? A little juicy gossip? I've got a lot of work to do on this. I thought you said it wasn't a big deal. I think it's about time for getting our feelings out in the open. Wouldn't you agree, Max? Max! What? I I don't have feel. I mean, I don't know what we're- Hello, flesh peoples! Dr. Stelloff, I'm so glad you're here. You wanted to use my lab, right? Oh, yes. I've been doing tests on Saturnian hamburgers. Oh, but not for eating, of course. I have a condition which- Yes, yes. We know all about your condition. It'll be my pleasure to let you use our facilities. Come Come on, I'll show you to the lab. Just make sure you keep it away from my Strontium 79. Of course. Thank you, Miss Singh. Wait. Molly has a crush on Dr. Stelloff? Uh-oh. Max, two incoming calls. Line one is a secure channel from the White House. Oh, gods, Max. It's our slimeball president, Smitty. He needs our help again. We've got the Prime Minister of Venus on line two. The evil wizard Nova is attacking. There goes our day off. What do we deal with first? Maybe we can do both. I think I can handle Venus, but I'll need Dralis' help. Do it. Chuck, Dralis, come with me. I may need you to get naked. What? Jimmy, get Molly and meet us at the Marvin 2. Load up weapons. We launch ASAP. You got it, Max. Slaughter. <sighs> Put on the president. Why do we keep helping that waste bucket, Max? He may be a criminal, but he's still our president. Thornfield, how dare you keep me on hold? This is a national emergency. I'm sorry, sir. What's the problem? Stragon the Annihilator. He's attacking Washington. Stragon? But he usually attacks... The Syriusians. Now, why would he think the Syriusians have anything to do with Washington, D.C., Mr. President? (laughs) I have no idea. But I need you people here. Now, saving me. So a villain wants revenge on you for a crime you actually committed, and it's a national emergency? You have no proof for your baseless allegations. Besides, he's an annihilator. He'll destroy the entire planet when he's... Oh, God, please, I don't want to die. We're on our way, sir. Let's go, gang. The underclasses shall rise and throw off the yokes of the Syriusian bourgeoisie and all who ally themselves with their greed-fueled ways. Bring forth... This smitty! The revolution shall take from him the lifeblood he and his ilk have bled from me and mine for generations, and this entire planet shall follow! None who exist at the expense of those they consider their lesser shall be allowed to live! This means you, Earth! You've lived on the backs of the workers for too long! Prepare to have your country!
consciousness raised as your planet is burned to the ground. <laughs> All right, gang, there's Stragon. He hasn't seen us yet. What do we do? Well, last time we hit him with a stick until he passed out. Anyone got a stick? Max, his power readings are off the chart. Something has boosted him up, made him stronger than ever before. I think, I think he really could annihilate the planet this time. Oh, great. Anyone got a really big stick? Let's just blast him out of the sky. These weapons aren't nearly strong enough to get through his newly amped shields. Unless... Slaughter, do you have your time-turning watch with you? Always. Why? You want me to go back in time? Not quite. We're going to jury-rig ourselves a chronal alacrity beam. Molly, you're a genius. Can you do that? We're about to find out. Give me the watch. What is it you're making? A chronal alacrity beam. It's a time weapon. Whatever you hit with it experiences time extra fast. So if you shoot it at someone, it's like fast-forwarding to their death. Or do their bones turning to dust just to be on the safe side? I think... 10,000 years would be a good setting. And this is going to work. Sure. The blaster will draw the chronal energy from the extra-dimensional source that powers Slaughter's time-turning watch. It might take a minute or so to build up a blast, so we'll need to make the first shot count. How's the mod coming, Julie? I think... I think I'm done. We're set? Yeah, I think so. All right. Like I said, it has to build up power. I'll just lock onto Stragon, hit the trigger, and we wait until... Um, I think you have the watch in backwards. What? It's backwards. You said you were going to tap into the time source, but it looks like it's set to tap into the realm of backwards time. Oh, crap! I can fix it! No, Julie, it's already charging! I have to! Who knows what it could do if it's backwards? All I have to do is turn the... <laughs> Julie! I... I'm... I'm alright, I think. You fixed it! Here we go, it's almost ready to fire. That's Keen. Hello? We're back. 95%. We're in DC. It's Stragon. Just come meet us. Be right there. 96%. She's gonna teleport them over to- Oh my god, it was true! They're going to be caught in the blast! What? They're going to teleport in and get caught in the blast! How do you know- Just trust me! We can't stop it now, it's at 98%! There's only one way to save them. What? Five? I can four, save them, but- Three? Julie, two, no! Don't! No! Julie? I thought- I thought you said you could save them. I know, I- I could have, I'm sorry, I- I decided not to. They're dead. Keenan Drawless are dead. But so is Stragon. The beam worked, it was- But our teammates are dead. Julie, I- for a moment I thought- I thought you were gonna jump in front of the beam and- I was. I mean, I could have. I could have died to save them. I would have- No, Julie. No one would expect you to give your own life- To save two others? It would have been the right thing to do, Max. Except- Except what? The visions. What visions? What are you talking about? Please tell me this isn't another of your one god things. No, it was your watch. When I grabbed your watch, when that surge of energy caught me, these visions flooded over me. I saw everything backwards. What? I don't know how, but it showed me everything. Everything that would have happened as a result of this one decision. Everything that would have happened if I died. When you finally had to kill Dralis and King yourself, all the way back to my death. I would kill Keen and Dralis? You had to, Max. They betrayed the pack. Dralis led an invading alien fleet to Earth, and Keen secretly helped in order to save herself. There's no way a kind, shy Sarah would- It's a long story, Jimmy. Sarah was changed after- It's a long story. You don't think you're going to get off without telling it to us, do you? It'll take a while to tell. We've got time. You want me to go backwards how I saw it, or in chronological order? Which makes more sense. Uh, I don't know. I just want to know why our friends would betray us. Okay, I'll tell you everything. Uh, but first there's a few things that should be taken care of. Senator Randall March is a Cthulhu cultist attempting to raise the Elder Gods. Senator Jason Grace has been replaced by a Syriusian shapeshifter, and the Magic Hat is recruiting our old enemies to take us down. He was behind Stragon's little power boost. If we hurry, we can stop him before he gets to any of our other villains. The Magic Hat? It'll be alright, Molly. Now that we know about him, we can take him down. And speaking of knowing, Julie... About what you are saying before, things we might regret, there's something I- Max, no. 
It's Molly. What? What? Molly loves you, Max. She always has. Julie! Don't worry, Molly. He loves you, too. I do? You do. You just don't realize it yet. Go on, tell him, Molly. Molly, is what she says true? Now that's a kiss. It's been a long time coming. Um, guys, two of our friends just died. Give them a minute. Although, like I said, there are things we should- Right, let's deal with things. We've got to find Senators Marsh and Grace, deal with an ancient magic chapeau, and then Julie could tell us what she saw. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. Flashback. Flashback! The end. In that episode of Epic Echoes, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Tymon was Gralis Thornfield, Devin White was Molly Singh, Lynn Nelson was Jill Slaughter, Tong Wen Wong was Sarah Keane, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs, Patrick Ganan was President Smitty, Elijah Weberhan was Stragon the Annihilator, Jordan D. White was Dr. Stelloff, and Guinevere Eckert was Julie Crenshaw. The theme song was by Michael, temporary card, Murkowski. Wow, that's some pretty emotional stuff. I hope everybody enjoyed the first episode of Epic Echoes as we have established, uh, you know, backward series. So that was the first and last episode of Epic Echoes. And I, you know what? I got to tell you, I'm very proud of that episode. It was something I had in mind for a long time. I, I didn't have it in mind exactly when I started the series. Not, 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 uh, precisely, not even, not even remotely close, but relatively early on, I did think of it because People would always ask, why is it a backwards series? Like, why does it do that? And I would just go, well, just because we felt like it. But then I thought, well, maybe there should be an internal reason. Well, now you know, there was. There was an internal reason for why the show took place backwards. Um, anyway, let's keep right moving. Um, now, Frank is, uh, Frank is asleep again. So that's probably for the best. Um, Rory, you were kind of quiet while Frank was awake there. Uh, what is the deal? Oh, Jordan, I, because I don't want to kick a man when he's down, you know. It, I know that, you know, he's not my favorite person in the world, obviously, you know, and he, he is a, a human being who is, is incredibly frustrating and can be devastatingly stupid and, you know, hurtful and things like that. But, you know, he's obviously going through some troubles, you know. So I don't see a reason to kick him while he's, you know, drunk. Well, that's, but he didn't physically assault you and try to shove alcohol down your throat. No, that's true. I, although, to be fair, again, you were prodding him in a way that I was not at the time. And you have this, you know, ridiculous notion that you shouldn't drink alcohol. So there is that as well. I don't want, I don't want to. What, I don't think that it's good to do. What is the problem? Well, I don't have a problem. You're the one who seems to have the problem. So, you know, fine. It's not a problem that I don't drink. It's a problem when people do drink too much. Right. No, uh, of course. Yes. Right. So anyway, um, we, it's time for, um, this day in history and where are they now in history? Uh, so who did you get to fill in for? Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but I will say that, uh, he didn't do it the way that you sometimes do where you put two episodes in one. Since we have two weeks worth, he did two different things. So I figured we'll do one right now and one a little bit later on. Um, but, well, yeah, you're right. Let's get right into it. Uh, here we go. Here's This Day in History for last week. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Roy Sinjin. This is WHRW Binghamton. On May 24th, 1844, in a demonstration witnessed by members of Congress, American inventor Samuel Morse dispatches a telegraph from the U.S. Capitol to Alfred Vail at a railroad station in Baltimore, Maryland. The message, What Hath God Wrought, was telegraphed back to the Capitol by Vail a moment later. Watch as I demonstrate my telegraph. I will press this metal thing onto a metal plate. Notice how people... People far away may or may not be receiving a message from me. Ah! Hey, hey, Susie, are you bored here too? Why did we come to this thing anyway, Tom? I don't know, but I have 
really gotta go to the bathroom. I think I'm gonna use this guy's hat. No, Tom, that's gross. What's wrong As with you? As you are aware, people far away may or may not be getting a message. If they are, they will hear me say in beeps what had God wrought. If not, they may be standing around, bored, looking for something to do. Look, Susie, if he didn't want me to use his hat as a toilet, it wouldn't be so big. I'm going to do it. Tom, that's disgusting. They made real toilets for a reason. There are none nearby. Everyone's transfixed by this stupid machine. I've got to go to the bathroom now. If the telegraph succeeds, people around the world will be able to press a small piece of metal into a metal plate and say things in beeps. Now... Uh Uh-oh, it looks like someone's going to go put it on. Let's get out of here, Susie. Now I will put on my trusty hat as it is time for me to end this telegraph demonstration. I... Mr. Vale from Baltimore, Maryland, judged this message to be filthy. What hath God wroth when he sent it to me? And that unfortunate story was the beginning of the end for Morse code, which was decided to be a very, very filthy thing in general. Make sure that you, for your own part, dispose of your biological waste in the proper place, for example, a toilet, and not in another man's hat. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binkton. Don't believe it. This is Patsy Kennedy with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Don't believe it, though, because, look, that is that is not true. Here's the truth about Morse code. You don't know, but I know. That here's what it is. Morse code was invented by a guy named Morse. You know why he invented it? Uh, because that's the way that aliens talk. He didn't really invent it. That's a lie. Don't believe that. He is an alien, and aliens talk like this. That's how aliens talk. That is not, it's not a code. It's not a code any more than, like, French is a code for French people to talk. It's not a code. It's just alien speak. Now, you're probably wondering, how come we never noticed that? And if you're, you know, an idiot, you're probably wondering, where are the aliens? Well, duh, the aliens are all around us, and they're controlling everything that we do, except for me, obviously, because I don't believe it. But the government is in, look, the government's in with the aliens. They are in on the Morse code. This is ridiculous. They're helping the aliens round up people and, you know, chop them up into little bits. You know why we don't know about it? It's because they know how to properly dispose of the biological waste, which is the alien chopped up people, and they just dispose of the biological waste in these, you know, sensible ways that make it so people don't find it. They don't, like, stick them in the desert in a railroad car or something. They, you know, they incinerate it, put it... Look, I don't know what they do with it. If I knew, I would find it, and I would give you the evidence of why they did it. But just, listen, believe what I'm telling you. Don't believe them. I'm telling the truth. This is what happens with the biological stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay, good. Thank you. That's why you shouldn't believe... And don't listen to Morse code, because if you listen to it long enough, you're gonna, you're gonna turn into an alien, basically. Not actually physically, but your brain will be alien ready, if you know what I'm saying. So that's why Morse code is bad. Don't listen to Morse code. Don't believe it. My name's Patsy Kennedy, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cash and Wax, right? Oh, Jordan, did you have to? Did I have to what? Patsy Kennedy, really? What's wrong with Patsy Kennedy? He does. A, he's a professional radio guy. He does a great job. No, Jordan, he just makes things up. He doesn't, he doesn't have any... You know, I, I was just talking to you about all the research I do for the show. And and and, he, and this is a, a gentleman who does no research. He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. He just goes on and talks out of his, you know, derriere, so to speak. You're using a French word, are you? Th- you know, this is not the time to go into that, thank you. But he talks out of his posterior then. Completely uninformative, completely unhelpful. You know, this is not the type of show that I would have liked to replace myself with. Well, Rory, you're getting awfully picky for a guy who was just saying he didn't want to finish his own show. Oh, you know... Don't have Frank do it. Don't have don't have Patsy Kennedy do it. You're probably gonna be like, don't have Scape do it. Don't have Scape do it. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything about history. I know a little bit about history. What do you know about history? Tell me. Tell me all about it. Well, okay. 
One time, God almost sat on me. One time. That's not history. It's not happening right now, is it? That makes it history. No, history is about important events that shape the world around us. Well, it would have shaped me if he had sat on me because he's fat. He would have been like, Skulls, Christ, I'm broken. Skip, that's not a very nice thing to say. Well, Dad, come on. You almost sat on me. Oh, I, 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 I sort of wish I had. Dad. Don't say that sort of thing. Well, then you shouldn't say the sort of thing you said. The truth sort of thing? All right, Scape, just shut up. Well, okay, shut up. Anyway, look, I don't see what's wrong with Patsy Kennedy. He's a good guy. He's Like I said, he's a pro. This is a guy with a professional radio show, and he's helped us out in a lurch. You know, you had nobody to do the show, and he helped us out. And he's a guy who he helped us out in more ways than one this week. Why? What else did he do? Well, because Frank was, you know... In the state that he's in most of the week, I, I kind of figured that he couldn't be trusted to do his own show. Oh, Jordan, don't tell well, me. Well, I was right. He didn't do a Frank Allen interview. So, it's a, again, it's a good thing that I called Patsy and asked him to do one because Frank didn't. So, you know, I feel pretty justified in going to the guy who actually delivers a show. Oh, Jordan, uh, I suppose, you know, if that's the way it is. That is the way it is. Anyway, look, uh, here we go with a special episode of Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Patsy Kennedy. Enjoy. Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Frank Allen. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. This is Patsy Kennedy here on Frank Allen Interviews. I'm doing a special interview. It's not really so much an interview as it is a radio show. It's my show. It's Don't Believe It. So this is basically Don't Believe It. So don't when it says Frank Allen Interviews, Don't Believe It, it's Don't Believe It. It's Patsy Kennedy. If you have any questions for me, if you have any thoughts, I want to hear about what you see out in the world because this is my show and this is where we talk about the things that people need to know because there's things out there people say and don't believe it. It's not true. This in here is where the things that are said are that are true are said. So you can call into me at the KSAC request line, the regular line, you know, the main line that we always have. Just give me a call and we'll talk about things. Now, speaking of things, like I said, this whole Frank Allen thing, basically it's that the reason I'm here is that Jordan didn't trust Frank Allen to do a show, so he asked me to record a show just in case because Frank Allen's been doing a lot of stuff. Don't believe it when he says he's he's okay. He's not. So, he's not okay. But anyway, oh, we got, we got our first call. Okay, here we go. Bobby and Carousel, you're on with Don't Believe It with Patsy Kennedy. Hello. Oh, hi, Patsy. I've called in before and listen, I just really need to talk to you about this whole thing with Cask. All right, don't, look, don't believe me. We talked about this, Bobby. Come on. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure this time it's true. All right, look, tell me what happened. Tell me what well, happened. Listen, it's just that they're out to get my girlfriend because she's the only one who could stop them. Well, kind of. It's, it has to do with her mother and her baby. They're kind of the same person. But look, that's not the point. The point is, they're, they've overrun all of Carousel. They've taken over everything. Bobby, look, Bobby, uh, Bobby, you, you, you're talking nonsense. Calm down, calm down. Look, I, I'm telling you, there's no such thing as Cask. That's not the way that things work. Is. Okay, listen, listen. I've noticed something, okay? I've noticed something. All right, all right, all right Bobby. What is it? Okay. Your radio station. Yeah, KSAC Radio. What about it? Don't you understand? K-S-A-C-K-S-A-C. That's cask backwards. C-A-S-K is cask. No, no, no. That's a coincidence, Bobby. Yeah, come no, on. No, it's not a coincidence. I'm telling you, it's not a coincidence. It is a coincidence. That's, come on. All right. All right. Listen, thank you for calling. I, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, you know, once in a while, we get cranks on who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, that's that's crazy talk. Y yes, the radio is called KSAC. That doesn't, it's not cask backwards. And if it was cask backwards, that would mean it was anti-cask. Obviously, but it's not because there is no. Ca We've gone over this before. How can there be a big conspiracy between all of the different factions? They don't get along with each other. So this is just nonsense. The town of Carousel, I'm sure it's fine wherever it is. What is that? New York? Yes. All right, Carousel in New York. I heard that they had a mayor. Uh, he, he's fine. Jason Brandt is there, isn't he? He's a good guy. He's a friend of the show. Don't worry about it. He he's gonna work things out. I think he would probably say that if Carousel wants to be the kind of town it could be, then the people of Carousel have. 
to believe that there's not a conspiracy to make the town bad. That's how, that's how something like that. That's how he works. It's something like that. No, look, the point is, Bobby, look, there's no such thing as casting. I'm sorry I had to hang up on you, but we don't want crazy talk on the show. This is for respectable truths, not irrespectable crazinesses. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get another one on here. Oh, look, we got our good friend, Dr. Stelloff. Hey, Dr. Stelloff. Well, hello, Patsy. Am I on the air? Yes, you're on, you're on right now. You're on, uh, don't believe it, aka Frank Allen interviews, but, uh, don't believe it. Oh, it's, it's good to be on the show. Thank you. Uh, what, what, what can I help you with today? Oh, I wanted to talk to you about a conspiracy that just came out. My friends, the flashback just exposed it. All right, let's hear it. Well, it's that Senator Randall Marsh who pretended that he was a good Christian senator is actually secretly wanting to summon the old gods to come over and take over Earth. He wants to summon Cthulhu. Right, yeah, no, I did hear, I heard about that. I heard about that, uh, many months ago, I think. Oh, I, I don't think you did. It just came out now. No, no, I, I remember. I heard about it, uh, let's see. Because he did summon Cthulhu, I think, and, uh, they got him and they shrunk him. Oh, I do not recall this. When did uh, the senator summon Cthulhu? I don't remember that happening. I'm pretty sure it happened. It was right after, uh, Jimmy Kovacs got elected president, I think. Jimmy Kovacs, that never happened. Jimmy Kovacs is a very good friend of mine. He's too young to be president. I'm pretty sure it did. No, you must be mistaken. Let me tell you. Julie Crenshaw of the Fleshpack, she just had a vision that showed that this guy was going to summon Cthulhu, but he did not summon Cthulhu, but he was going to summon Cthulhu, and that is why they had to arrest him, and now he is going to jail, and he will never summon Cthulhu. Cthulhu will have to stay sleeping in her life forever. Unless, well, unless I go through with inventing my alarm clock. I don't know why I would do that, but it seemed like a really good invention to would it, well, instantly awaken any old gods who are sleeping in her life, which you'd probably think would be a bad thing, and actually I would too. But it is science, and you cannot stop pursuing science. You have to pursue science. So once I thought of a thing, I feel like I have to make it one way or another. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Doctor, doctor, thank you. Yeah, no, I would say, look, uh, here's here's the facts about Cthulhu, all right? I know all about this Cthulhu thing. Not just this Senator Marsh thing, but in general, the deal with Cthulhu is this, all right? Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, Cthulhu's interesting because there are three major cover-ups that go on in the Cthulhu... Well, I don't want to say Cthulhu mythos because that's like a code word, but really in the, in the stuff that surrounds Cthulhu... All right. First cover-up is that they say he's only make-believe. This is, don't believe this, because this is a lie. Don't believe it, obviously. It, they got this guy, Lovecraft, to write about him, not because you think it's Lovecraft revealing the truth. No. They said, you write about him because you're just some guy, and if you just write about him, nobody will believe it. They will not, they will don't believe it, but it's true. Do believe it, but they were like, don't believe it. So, the point is, they got him to write about it, make it look like it's fake. It's not fake. It's real. All right? Number two, they get everybody to think that Cthulhu is some kind of big crazy monster, when the fact fact is, that's not the way it is. He, he, they talk about tentacles. They talk about, you know, wings and a big bulbous, you know, that's not, that's all crazy talk. Don't believe it. The fact is that Cthulhu is a, is a person, all right? He has, you know, one head, you know, one, two arms, two legs. He, he looks like a human being. The reason he looks like a human being is that he is a human being. So that's the second cover-up. They, they have all this misinformation. Don't believe it with a, with tentacles. Again, tentacles. What is that? That's crazy talk. Anyway, number three, they have, they say that his name is Cthulhu. This is, this is a lie. This is a misconception that people have. Don't believe it. The fact is, he's Vlad the Impaler. So, when they say that there's a fictional character called Cthulhu that is a big green guy with the tentacles, it's a lie. They're talking about there's a real guy, Vlad the Impaler, who wants to kill people. He's he's a vampire, basically, is what it is, and he would bite you. But, thankfully, he's asleep. So, you know, don't wake him up. But he's not an ancient old one, either. That's all part of the myth. Oh, that's... No, that is very different. So, so my relay, Amakark, will not wake him up, then. No, because, like I said, there's no relay. That's not a thing. It's Vlad the Impaler... He's in a coffin. He's in Transylvania. It's not... There's nothing to do with... So you can make an alarm clock for that. Oh, that is perfect. So I can make my overlay alarm clock. It will not wake up Cthulhu. Okay, perfect. And that is what I will do. Excellent, excellent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy. I shall. Thank you very much. Great. Uh, that's good. That's good. I'm glad we cleared that up. That's something that people bring up once in a while. This, there's this thing about the Necronomicon. It's not true. It's just Dracula is the book called Dracula. And that is a book about this guy.
guy, Cthulhu, except he's not Cthulhu. So, you get it now. All right. Um, let's see. We got another call here. Uh, New York, New York. Mr. Scape. No, no, that's not. My name is not Mr. Scape. Uh, that's, I'm sorry. That's what it says here. It says Mr. Scape. No, I'm Scape White. There's another guy named Mr. That's not me. I'm not Mr. Scape. I'm Scape White. Leonard Scape is a different guy. Well, that's something that people believe, but I don't know if that's true. No, that's not what I'm calling. All right. You, you can say what you want to... All right, if that's what you want to talk about. No, I don't want to talk about that. All right, what I want to talk about is that guy who just called, Dr. Stelloff. That's not Leonard Scape, that's Dr. Stelloff. I know that yeah, guy. Yeah, I know him too. Okay, look, I know him too. That is Dr. Stelloff. That's what I want to talk about. This is a weird thing I don't understand. All right, let's hear it. Okay, there's a show called Epic Echoes, right? That's where Dr. Stelloff is on that show, right? Yeah, yeah, that's on the podcast. Yeah, that's on uh, Cast of Wax, Jordan's podcast that we're on right now, in fact. Right, right, okay. So, here's the thing on that podcast, I, Scape White, played the character of Fortress Fuzzbottom. Fortress Fuzzbottom is not real. I pretend that I am Fortress Fuzzbottom, and Jordan pretends that he is Dr. Steroff. So how come there's really a Dr. Steroff? Don't believe it. Don't believe it. So there's not really a Dr. Steroff? No, that's not what I'm, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about don't believe it that there's not a, a Fortress Fuzzbottom, and don't believe it that Jordan's pretending to be Dr. Steloff, and don't believe it that you're pretending to be Fertress Fuzzbottom. This stuff is not true. This is a misconception. This is a rumor. Somebody's spreading lies about this. That's not true. But I did it. I remember. I was pretending. That's what they want you to believe. But that's not true. How could it possibly be true? Have you ever seen Dr. Stelloff and Jordan at the same time? Well, yeah. And I heard them on the podcast, too. Exactly. That's what I'm saying to you. So, they clearly can't be the same guy. So, there you go. But I did pretend. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. You are believing it when I'm saying don't believe it. Well, but no buts. Look, you think that you pretended to be Fertress Fuzzbottom, but if there is an ipso facto there. If there is a Dr. Stelloff, there is a Fertress Fuzzbottom. These are irrefutable logics. So, look, somebody sees it fit that you believe that you're Fertress Fuzzbottom, or somebody sees it fit that you believe you're Scape White. Maybe you're really Fertress Fuzzbottom, and they don't want you to know it. Maybe they're telling you that you're Scape White pretending to be Fertress. Maybe you're Fertress pretending to be Scape. How do you know there's a Scape White? Well, because that, that's me. Don't believe, don't believe it. This is what I'm saying. Look, if there was an all-powerful magical cat that could do anything, is it more dangerous to have that cat just doing whatever he wants? Or is it more dangerous to have that cat believe that he's just a regular cat, except he can talk and sing and be on a podcast and not know that he has magical powers so that he can't do any of the magical stuff that he should be able to do? Which one is more dangerous? I don't... I don't understand the question. I'm saying maybe they brainwashed you to think that you're not Fertress Fuzzbottom, but you are. So you say I have magic powers. I'm not saying it. You're saying it. I'm saying it. Go ahead, say it. I have magical powers. All right, so you do. So why don't you do something with those magical powers? Like what? I don't know. Like get, look, I, that's that's your life. You know, you get your choices in life. I don't I don't tell people what to do. I just tell them what's the truth about the world. Well, thank you. I'm gonna go like kick ass and conquer the world. All right. Well. You see if you could do it. But if you're Fertress Fuzzbottom, just remember, I'm the one who told you that you are. So, you know, give some power to me, too. All right, thanks. Excellent, excellent. All right, we got another uh, call on the line. Oh, who is this? North Pole. All right, North Pole. Let's go. Oh, Patsy, it's me, Santa Claus. All right, Santa Claus, good to have you back on the show. Oh, oh, oh thank you. I just finished battling the Martians, don't you know? That's a good thing. Thank you for that. Uh, it's a service that I don't know if you guys have regular listeners to my show. You know the service Santa Claus provides. 
battles Martians. Excellent. Santa Claus, good to have you. How are things going with you and Sasquatch? Oh, oh, oh. Sasquatch is beating me at chess again. I can never beat that guy. He's a doctor, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know. No, I know all about that. Um, So what can I help you with today, Santa? Oh, oh, oh. Nothing, Patsy. Nothing. I just wanted to tell you, Patsy, that there's no such thing as Santa Claus. Uh, this is Jordan. I've all been right, calling don't you Jordan, Claus Jordan, Claus Claus Don't believe no Jordan. All right. Okay. Thank you, Jordan. How many times are you going to do this? Well, Patsy, I was thinking until you believe me. No. This, who are you talking to here? Don't believe it. I, it's, I'm a skeptical person. I have a skeptical mind. I'm not going to believe you just because you tell me that there's no Santa Claus. I know there's a Santa Claus. I've talked to him. No, Patsy, you haven't. That was me. That was me pretending to be Santa no, Claus. No, I mean before this. Not today. I'm talking about before this. Patsy, I've, every time you've ever talked to Santa Claus, it was really me. That, 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 uh, I don't believe well, it. Well, let's, let's think about it. Have you ever had a conversation with Santa Claus where Santa Claus didn't at some point say, no, sorry, I, it was really, it's me, Jordan, the whole time? No, that, no, that doesn't prove anything because you can't prove a negative, Jordan. That's what I'm saying. You, yes, maybe every time you were really Santa Claus or Santa Claus was really you when I talk to him, but that doesn't mean that there's not a Santa Claus out there. Just because I have not shown you that there's a Santa Claus on the air with me doesn't mean that the Santa Claus is not real. No, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that he's not. Look, Patsy, have you ever gotten a gift from Santa Claus since you were, I don't know, 15? Well, I, no, but that doesn't matter. Look, Jordan, I, you know what? I can prove that there's a Santa Claus. Really? How can you do that? I've got his phone number. Here, let me dial him right here. I'll, I'll call him up. Okay, okay, give it a shot. Oh, 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 hello there. Santa Claus, hello. This is Patsy Kennedy. Oh, 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 hello, Patsy. It's really me, Jordan. It's Jordan. I, this is me. This is my phone number. I gave you my phone number. In fact, I gave you, Santa Claus gave you his phone number, and I gave you my phone number. They're the same number. Look in your, look in your contact list. No, that's not... All right, well, okay, yes, that's true. All right, look, but that, again, you can't prove a negative. That is, I have a skeptical mind, and I'm not going to believe you. Just because you say there's no Santa Claus, I'm not going to take you at face value, because I think you've got some reason to make me believe that there's no Santa Claus. That's what I think. What? possible reason could I have to try to trick you into not believing in Santa Claus when there is a Santa Claus? What possible reason? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe it has something to do with the aliens? No, I don't. Well, the fact that Santa Claus defeats the Martians? Might that have something to do with it? No. No, no, it, well, it couldn't because, I'm again, that was something I said to you when I was pretending to be Santa Claus based on an old, terrible movie that they did on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Don't believe it. That's what they want you to think. Again, it's just like Cthulhu. No, no, it's not like Cthulhu. Cthulhu is Vlad the Impaler. That's a side issue. I'm talking about there is no Santa Claus. There are no Martians either. <laughs> All right. All right. Who's being naive now? You are. There is no Santa Claus. There are no Martians. There's no fight between the two. Again, that's what they want you to believe, and then they want me to believe. It, so they tell you to tell me to believe it, but you probably don't even know. You're right. You probably don't even know that you're a tool for the government telling me that there's no aliens and there's no Santa Claus when there is an alien Santa Claus. Probably both. Look, Jordan, I, you know what? I've already talked too much about this subject. I'm going to have to let you go. I'm sorry. You know, you called up. I know, but right, Patsy, no, wait, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, Santa Claus. I didn't mean to. I called you up and I, I'm interrupting oh, you. Oh, it's okay, Patsy. I don't mind at all because I'm not Santa Claus. I'm Jordan. This is Jordan. Again, you had me on two lines. Da, da, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You got me good. Okay, you're trying to pull one over on me. That's fine. You can pull one over on me, but that for a second. But I'm not going to believe it for long. I don't believe it. That is my whole thing. Is that I don't believe it. I know you say it a lot, but didn't you ever find it kind of ironic that that you say these crazy things and then you say don't believe it? So it's like you're telling people that they shouldn't believe you. What? No. 
No, that's not. No, don't believe. Don't believe it. That's not. That's not how it works. I say don't believe it to other stuff, and then believe it to me because I. In fact, that's like a sub catchphrase almost. I just made it up right now. Believe it to me. You guys don't believe it. Just believe it to me, Patsy Kennedy. Believe it to me. Yeah, that's because you just because believe me, but don't believe them. Don't. I mean, don't believe it, but believe this, but don't believe that. That's too. That's too long. So I just shorten it to don't believe it. But they know I'm talking about that. I'm not talking about this. Believe it to me. All right. If you say so. I do, I do. I, you know what? I thought I hung up on you. Thank you. Goodbye. You know, I'm sorry, people, that I've gotten so many crank calls today, and that I made a crank call to Santa Claus. Poor guy. I probably inter- interrupted his dinner, but anyway, thank you for listening to uh, Frank Allen interviews, but don't believe it, because really, it's don't believe it. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Alright, bye. What, the f- what was that? What was that piece of crap that you just played? That is reprehensible. Frank, I, I don't want to hear it. Well, I didn't want to hear it either, but you played it anyway. So I don't know why you're now you're like, well, I don't want to hear it. I mean, I don't want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear your complaints because, frankly, like I said before the show when you were sleeping because you're drunk. I was sleeping because I'm tired. Whether I'm drunk, I'm not. Is I'm not drunk, so... That's why it is. What I was saying was that Patsy delivered a show and you didn't. So I don't see that there was a problem in me having him do it. I could have done a show. I could have done a show. I could have done a show that was like a great interview with a, with a guy that I know. So you just, frankly, you blew it because you could have had a great interview. And what is it that stopped you from doing that interview? I... I, I, I did the I did it I did an interview with a guy I know. Okay, let, well then I'll play it. Let, give it to me. I'll I'll play it. I, forget the last episode of Guard Duty. I'll just pop it on. Well, I didn't I didn't bring it because you said you were going to have Patsy Kennedy. No, I didn't. I didn't tell you that. So if you've got it, grab it. You know, would you I, you know what? I'll pause the podcast. You can run home. Grab it. No, I don't want to just I don't want to get in the way of Guard Duty. Guard Duty is important. So you know. That's good to have guard duty. Frank, I'm saying, I'm telling you, I will bump guard duty. We've got a whole nother show and it's going to have another, you know, another stuff, but we'll bump guard duty to that. What is your interview? Please, let's hear it. I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot to hit record is the thing. Oh, God. Well, then it's a good thing I had this Patsy Kennedy episode because I was able to play that and it wasn't a problem. That's not, it's, well, it would have been a, a big problem if I had done my interview and you had done that instead, because then I would be angry. Good thing we avoided that. Um, speaking of Patsy Kennedy, here's Patsy Kennedy again, uh, following up on Roy Sinjin's This Day in History with another Where Are They Now in History. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name's Roy Sinjin. This is WHRW Binghamton. On May 31st, 1990, the sitcom Seinfeld debuts, one of several new TV shows based on the comedy of popular comedians. The show was produced and sometimes co-written by comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, Jerry. I'm your neighbor, Bill. Why is it I'm never on your show? I'm sure I'm much funnier than Cosmo Kramer. Well, it's very simple. Bill, was it? Yep. I I hate you, okay? Laugh track. 
but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jerry, listen to this joke. It'd be great for your show. Bill, okay. Bill, Bill, I'm busy trying to ignore you and hang out with my female co-star, okay? Wait a Laugh minute. track. <laughs> I want to be your male co-star, Jerry. I'm your neighbor. Listen. Bill, Bill, hold on a second. Female co-star, say something topical. So I was at the cafe the other day and I gave this guy my number and then I realized I didn't have a hip enough area code. Laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> but Jerry, I live right next to you. I gotta be funny. Okay. By association. Okay, Bill, if it gets you to shut up, tell us your joke. Okay. So and that's all the time we've got today, folks. Thanks for tuning Jerry! in to Seinfeld. Uh, unfortunately, Jerry's neighbor, Bill, was a member of a Nielsen ratings family, and he did use his vast amount of Nielsen power to make the ratings of the show drop tremendously. It was cancelled, and all because Jerry Seinfeld was not being a good neighbor and making himself a part of his community. Which, of course, you should do. This is the stay in history on WHRW Binghamton. Don't believe it! This is Patsy Kennedy here with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. But don't believe it, because listen, that's a, that's a boat of lies right there. That's what they're selling you right there. That is what is happening. Because actually, Seinfeld, look, there's reasons that Seinfeld was canceled, and that's not the reasons that they were. The reasons was because the Seinfeld robot was stopped working properly. They got... Okay, look, here's what happened. There's this guy, this neighbor that you just heard about, right? He's talking about getting it canceled. That's not what happened. This neighbor, he was a crazy person, all right? And he killed Jerry Seinfeld, so he wasn't a good neighbor either. They're talking about being a good neighbor. No, that's not what it's about. It's not about I mean, it is about being a good neighbor, because if Jerry was a good neighbor, but then this guy wasn't a good neighbor because he killed him, and what happened was, uh, they were like, oh, well, the, the lead of the show is dead, so what are we gonna do? Well, what they didn't want to do was stop making a show, because that would be when we stopped making money, right? So they said, well, we gotta cover it up, we gotta have a Jerry Seinfeld robot. They did, they got one of those, and they put him in the show. But the thing is, what you don't know is that he, he stopped working a little bit, and if you know some people have noticed that some of the last episodes were not as good. That's because the robot was malfunctioning. Because when the robot would write the, the stand-up jokes, they weren't as fun. Because they would have the robot write jokes, too. Of, of course. They, he didn't. He wasn't just a performing robot. Because they, they said, Jerry writes the jokes, so the robot's got to write the jokes. So, anyway, the jokes weren't as good. The robot was malfunctioning and they said, we got to put this robot to rest. So they, they said, well, alright, we've made a lot of money now. Let's cancel the show. And they got rid of the robot. And the robot now retired, but he still is pretending to be Jerry Seinfeld. Don't believe it, though. He's not Jerry Seinfeld. He's not going to be a good neighbor to you. He's going to be a good robot to you, all right? So, don't believe it. This is Patsy Kennedy with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax, all right? <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny, Rory, because that guy, he's, he's full of crap just like you are. So that's just the same as when you do it, and that's that's funny. Frank, I didn't think you should be saying that about me. Why not? Because because you don't because I'm not as as good as you. Is that why? Because you're better than me. Because you have money now and you have a job that pays for your life, and that you have a thing that you like to do that you do instead of not being able to do it? Is that why I should shut up because of those things? No, just because it's rude to say mean things about me, that's all. And I was not saying anything mean about you. Do you think any mean thing about me? I know what you're thinking about me. I know. Because you're just like, oh, Frank Allen, he's a guy who is a guy who doesn't know about stuff. Well, I know about stuff. I know that there's good and everyone, especially me. And that it's that's all there should need to know. That doesn't really mean anything, does it? It means a lot to me. 
that's what is important. Okay. Um, speaking of things that mean a lot to someone present, something that means a lot to me is the last episode of Guard Duty. Guard Duty is my favorite of all the series we've been doing all this time. Probably mostly because it's the only one that uh, that I I wrote every episode of, and I. I, I I really love it a lot. I, I I have to say, even though I wrote every episode, so much of the series is owed to the actors who performed in it because they did such a great job in their roles that it made them so much easier to write. Uh, but but all good things must come to an end, and hopefully someday we'll hear more from Guard Duty. But for now, this is the 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 end of Guard Duty. Uh, hopefully you will enjoy it. It's called Finally. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. That end, the guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of guard duty. This week, the stallion and the Argus in finally. Which sent broadband running for the hills, finally and utterly dismantling the guard. You have to admit I did a nice job of it. Very systematic. Ah! It won't do any good. Even separately, each member of the guard will continue to fight and put a stop to villains like... Ah! You think I'm stupid? I know that. I'm not done with you lot yet. Now that I'm a trusted friend of the planet's most powerful heroes, non-united, I can set about destroying them all one by one, starting with everyone's favorite horseshoe detective... Ah! And proceeding through every one of you little do-gooders. Together, you are formidable opponents alone. Let's just say I'm not too worried. If I can take out Voodoo Lady, a woman who can call upon the powers of the various Loa, for Christ's sake, I don't think I'll have much trouble with the rest of you pathetic losers. So Claire's... Claire's really dead? I would lie about it. Why exactly? Yes, of course she's dead. Just keeping track of all the crimes you'll have to pay for. Idiot! You and all your lying hypocrite hero friends are the ones who are going to pay. At least I'm honest about who I am. I live for myself. I do what I want. I hurt people because I want to. Because I can. Because it makes me feel good. You people. You pretend you're doing what's right. We do. I've been one of you, remember? I've seen you behind closed doors. I know who you really are. The mask is off, and the truth is... You're no better than the Vengeance Squad was. You let your petty little personalities get in the way of your great big moral goals. I didn't create the problems in the Earth Guard. I just exploited them. So do it. Mm -hmm. Kill me. Do your worst. Don't flatter yourself. My worst is reserved for little Captain Howard fantasy. After the rest of you have been dispatched. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am going to kill you. But it's not going to be a remarkable death. It's not going to be a glorious death. I'll probably just pick an organ and yank it out. (laughs) After that, your life will sputter out slow, like the helium from a three-day-old birthday balloon. Oh, and by the way, happy belated... Ah! I just love this. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I die. True, I suppose you are the weakest member of the guard, aren't you? No powers, no... It doesn't matter. If you kill us all, there will always, always be someone who cares more about doing right than taking all they can, and they will stop you. Oh, please. The Earth Guard is... You're right. We're just as human as the Vengeance Squad. We're selfish. We're egotistical. We're... We're flawed. We don't claim to be heroes because we think we're perfect. We're heroes because we try to do what's right in spite of those flaws. We try to rise above ourselves. You, wallow in your own filth. Sure, we're both human, but make no mistake. We are better than you, and we always will be, no matter how many of us you kill. Oh, that was stirring. I wonder if it made me change my mind. Ah! No, I guess not. Oh, well. Just about time to finish you off. But first, while I've got you tied down and all, there's one thing I've always wanted. Give it up, Suspiria. Or should I say, Mr. Panoptes? You can't beat the Earth Guard. Jack! But you're not on the... Ow! Stop that! Get your balls out of my... Not a chance. How about a nice pair of knockout balls? And how would you like... How would you, how would you know how uh. Jack quick let's get her in a cell before she comes to how how did you know Argus it was full she told me that Dr. Faster Stallion, come in, Stallion. Stallion here. Go ahead, Doctor. Bumblebee and I have been continuing our investigation, and... It's Argus! He's actually... Suspiria, we know. Jack just saved my life. Jack? Howdy, Doc. But we need your help. Can you use that remote teleporter lock thing you were working on to get the guard up here? Of course. Great! And don't forget Captain Fantasy. He's in uh, the basement of 224 Thompson Road in... It's not necessary. I took the liberty of implanting compact teleport anchors subcutaneously in all the members of the Earth Guard months ago. Your lab coat pocket is just so smuggly. You did what? It's just a precautionary measure. In case they were ever captured, obviously it was the right choice. Doctor, that is not the... <sighs> we'll discuss this later. For now, Jack, you said something about Fole? She's alive! What? We need Captain Fantasy. He can fix this. Doctor Fast, get me the Earth Guard. With pleasure. Although, do you want me to pull Mr. Fahrenheit out of the interview? What do you... Oh, for Pete's sake. Brainframe, sound up. Monitor 3. I'm here with Mr. Fahrenheit, and um, I understand there's something you wanted to say today. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to say something to the Earth Guard. I've been doing a lot of soul-searching, and I'm... I'm sorry. I know we've had some problems, but really, it all comes down to it. We're in this to fight the bad guys. Not for money or fame, right? See, we put past disagreements behind us and get back to doing what we do best. Putting the hurt on the scum of the earth. Am I right? You guys are the best friends I've ever had. That being said, till I get a response from the guard and keep up with my appearances, MrF.com. Sound down. my mailing list. No, I don't think... I don't think we'll be needing Mr. Fahrenheit just now. We can decide what to do about him later, but we'll take anyone else you can find. That would be Binary Girl, Broadband, and Captain Fantasy. No lock on Peace Blossom or Voodoo Lady. Do it. Hey, what the... What's going on here? Tower, what's the meaning of... Oh my god, Captain Fantasy. Are you alright? The Earth Guard? I can't... I can't be dreaming. I don't dream. Captain! Are you okay? Can you understand me? I... I don't think I want to live in the real world anymore. You and me both, buddy. Difference is, you don't have to. You have to reconnect with the world of dreams. It's the only thing that can save you. Can you do that? But Argus said I... Argus wasn't actually your friend. He was really Suspiria. I was wondering what that was about. The world of dreams... I can almost remember. I can almost see it. I just reach out my mind and let the dreams... Oh my! I can... I can see them! 
I can see the world of dreams. I can see Fall. Yes, Fall. You shrouded her in the Veil of Twilight, Captain, remember? And now she needs you to bring her out. I remember that. All right, but she said to never... I know what I said. Things change. Tanya, you're alive! You have no idea how long I've been wanting to hear someone say that. But how? It's kind of a long story. Suffice to say, it involves time travel. I had the captain here enshroud me to keep myself from interfering in the past. He was the only one who could see me. Problem was, once he was gone, there was nothing I could do to warn you about Suspiria. The veil kept everyone from noticing me, or anything I did by basically distracting you all from my presence. So how did you get through to the Jack? I spelled it out in his Scrabble tiles. Apparently, Jack was able to catch bits of my doings because, much like Tangent's powers, it's less effective on someone with- We really don't need to dwell on this part of the story. The point is, Suspiria is the reason the guard's been falling apart lately. She killed the Golden Eel killed Voodoo Lady and said about breaking the guard Claire, Claire's dead? It's true. Apparently since just after the mind switch incident. But what isn't true is that she was the only reason the guard broke apart. Yes, she was manipulating us, playing on our insecurities, running up tension. But I'm certainly not blameless. Bob, Irving, Susie, I'm sorry. I hope... Well, I hope you'll believe me when I say I've learned a lot from this experience and can promise that... If you'll come back to the guard, things will be better. I think we can work together to make it that way. Chuck, I'll be there. You know I love the guard. I would have been back by the end of the week either way. Of course I'll join back up. I've wanted to be a member of the guard since I was just a little kid. Leaving was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I didn't even know for sure if I wanted to do it then. If Suspiria was manipulating us, there's no question at all. To quit now means Suspiria wins. I'm with Bumblebee. Um... If that's all right with you. Of course, cutie. And Jack, I, I hope you'd be willing to- Say no more, Stallion. I'm with you for good. So long as you don't strike again. I know I'm sure, and I haven't felt this good since- Since I left the world of dreams last year. What was I thinking? Why would I ever want to be a normal human being? Being normal totally sucks. To be fair, most human beings don't spend their lives tied to a bed being tortured daily by a being who gets off on their pain. That's actually pretty close to my life. Me too, last few years. And you'll join us too, Tanya? I feel like I already have. I've been living on the tower for the past year or so. It'll be nice to be here with people who can see me. Well, that's nice for you. But Peas Blossom is still missing. Probably, probably dead. I can't come back to the guard when she's... Why... Would you think Peas Blossom is dead? Because if she's gone back to Fairy, they'll kill her. She was exiled from there. Actually, she wasn't. Exiled on me. Not anymore. What? A few months ago, they sent her word. Queen Titania is out of power, and Lord Oberon summoned her back to take her rightful place in the court. What? But why... why didn't she go? From what I could gather, she wanted to stay with you. She... She... We've got to find her. Suspiria tricked her, pretending to be Bumblebee, made her think Barbara was cheating on her, and that we all judged her. But we can't. There's no way for a human being to enter the fairy realm. We can't just give up on her. She's our friend. But she certainly looks great in that gown. What? What do you mean? The color looks good on her. Very flattering. What do you mean, looks? I can see her. I can see fairy. It's related to the dream world. Did I never mention that? I thought I would have. It's really pretty. Can you take us there? I guess. Why? Do you want to go? Oh my god, the boy will never change. Yes, we want to go there and we got to get her back. I love her. Oh, that's so romantic. Don't you think so, Irv? I could probably run to Fairy, if it existed. All right, gather together, everyone. We're going to Fairy. We've got a member of the Earth Guard to find. Ready, Captain? Ready when you are. We're on the job. Guard duty by Jordan. White, with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator, 
Rich Pellin as the Stallion, Eva Rosenblatt as Suspiria, Charles Berman as the Argus, Devin White as Voodoo Lady, Jordan D. White as the Jack, Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast, Guinevere Eckert as Bumblebee, Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit, Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl, Derek McNish as Broadband, Nicholas Roach as Captain Fantasy, Tong Wang Wong as Bobo, and Frank Allen as the Newscaster. With theme song by Michael D. Mikowski. Thank you all for listening to Guard Duty, and I hope you all enjoyed it just as much as I did. I, I found that hard to believe that you could, because I, I, I truly do love it. I truly love it. Um, but hopefully you all dug it. Um, send in some emails to us about Guard Duty. Send in some emails about what you thought of it. Uh, what was, who was your favorite character in Guard Duty? Who, who would you like most to be from the Earth Guard? Uh, you know, I love hearing about Guard Duty. I love, uh, uh, talking about it. You know, send us some emails about it. It's castinwax at gmail.com. And we're getting, we're getting right up to uh, the end of the show. So that's why I wanted to talk about, uh, uh, emails. So castinwax at gmail.com to send us emails about Guard Duty, about Epic Echoes, the way that ended, about anything you want to write to us about, about Frank Allen's reprehensible behavior that has him here asleep again, and about the topic we're about to address right now, about the end of the uh, the podcast. Uh, we did get one email, and it is about uh, the end of the podcast. So let's let's uh, let's listen to it. Uh, let's listen to it. Let's read it. Roy, could you read this? Yes, no problem. Hi, Jordan. I just listened to the most recent episode of the podcast. I just wanted to let you know that people do listen to it, and if it were to come to an end, it would be a real bummer. I completely understand how much work it is and how draining it can be, especially if it stops being fun and feels more like work. I would recommend that if this is no longer a labor of love for you, you try cutting back to once a month. That way, if you're busy, you have plenty of time to get it done, and it would also hopefully be less stressful, as you need to produce less content less often. It would be a shame if the podcast were to stop. On the other hand, I totally understand and wouldn't want you to continue, only out of a weird sense of obligation. My best to the rest of the boys, and I respect whatever decision you make. If you do not continue, would Rory and Frank ever consider doing a spin-off? Thank you Angela time well Angela um I don't know I, you know basically here okay let me let me let me let me lay it out for you let me lay out exactly the situation as it stands right now will the podcast continue will it end ah it's a, it is tough because it, it is a lot of work and the fact is there's so many other projects I want to work on as well you know I want to record more songs I want to write more stuff so it's definitely going to cut back at the very least uh, it's probably going to be more sporadic once a month I don't know about it yet. But well, well let me let me before I even get to that. Here's what's going to happen in the immediate future. We've got one more episode of the podcast that is a normal episode. Okay? The one more episode that which is going to be the end of debatatorium. It's going to be the final scapey story for uh, for Hamlet. It's going to have uh, it's going to have a couple things on it. And that's going to be the end of those things. I would like to do one more episode of Cast and Wax as we currently know it beyond that. Um, for which I, I hope to do some special things uh, that I can't reveal to you yet. But that one's going to take a little bit more time because I haven't had a chance to work on it yet, and I really should have. But I haven't yet. So that's not that's not going to be as as regular. I, I know that I'm going to try to do the next one in two weeks, as, as always. The one after that is going to take a little longer. I'm going to try to have it in the in within a month after that, but I don't know how if that's possible. After that, 
I have no clue what the podcast would become. Um, maybe I will to try to do it once a month. But if I do, it'll probably be in a very different format. It'll probably be much more free, much more whatever I happen to have going on at the time. You know, if Frank's here, if Rory's here, you know, if they're around, sure, you know, then I'll, I'll throw them on. If, uh, if, if I have other guests, that would be awesome as well. But I just, I'm just not 100% sure. Um, so basically, don't unsubscribe to Cast and Wax uh, if you're subscribed to it. You know, keep subscribed to it. And anything new that I do with it, if I start a new version of the podcast, I, I will do it on this uh, same iTunes feed and the same RSS feed. So just like I said, keep it, keep subscribed to it. And if you're not subscribed to it, if you listen to it, if you download each episode, subscribe to it, man. Like, like figure out a, go on iTunes or something or, or go to the website. We have, a, we have a button to, to click and, and link you. Subscribe to it so that you know when I, when I'm back doing episodes, you know, I, I, I just, uh, odds are pretty good that I'm going to take a, a little bit of a break, you know, that there's going to be maybe, you know, maybe a month or two with no shows. Um, because I just, I do, I just need, I just need to, 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 to take a break from it, but I'm going to try to come back to it. And like I said, I don't know what form that'll be. We'll all learn about it together. I'll call it cast and wax, you know, 2.0 or something, who knows. And, uh, and we'll figure something out. Does that sound fair, Rory? I'm, I suppose that sounds fair, you know. That's, that's fair to me. All right. Is Frank still asleep? He is. All right. Good, good, good. Then we won't wake him. Um, uh, uh, Scapey. Yes, what's up? You have an essay to read. Uh, your your extra credit assignment, right? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, okay, I will. I will recite it for. Well, hey, hold on, hold on. So, so the the assignment was for extra credit to do an analysis of a song uh, of an existing song, not not a song of yours, but a song that is out in the world. And you picked one of your favorite songs and you did a uh, an analysis of it. Now, was this an analysis of like the music or of the? Well, mostly, mostly analysis the lyrics. Okay, the lyrics. Right, right, right. So, um, excellent. You want to just go right into it? Because you say what the song is in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just go right into it. Okay, uh, take it away. Okay, so, like, here is an analysis of a song. The song that I'm going to analyze is a song called Surfing Bird, and it was done by a group called The Trash Men. I don't know if they were, like, garbage men, or if they were made out of trash, or if they just really liked trash, but one thing I know is that they knew about the bird, and I know that because they totally said so in the song. Here's the story of what the song is about. Once upon a time, there was a bird, and there was a dude, and he was like, what is that bird? And another dude was like, don't you know about the bird? And the first dude was like, no, tell me. And the second dude goes, wait, wait, you've got to be kidding me. You never heard about this bird. And the second guy is like, dude, totally everybody has heard about the bird. The bird is the word. And then the second guy just basically goes off on the first dude, making fun of him for not knowing about this bird, just totally rubbing it in his face that he is a dumbass and that everyone has heard about the bird except him. And all this time, the bird is just surfing, because it turns out that the kind of bird that it is is a surfing bird. But meanwhile, the dude is still making fun of the first dude for even asking. He's saying, like, how everyone has heard of the bird. Everyone has been talking about the bird. Just the other day, when they were in the mall, he was talking about the bird, and he thought the first dude was getting the reference, but now he realizes it must have been completely over his head, things like that. He's making fun of this guy so hard that he starts laughing, but he's also coughing and choking at the same time, so it sounds all weird, but it's because this guy is so dumb about the bird. Then, to really, really rub it in, he starts singing, like, gibberish words at the guy to be like, Nah, nah, you don't know. Nah, 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 you're dumb. The tricky part in this song is that since it is all about you are dumb if you don't know about the bird, that if you really don't know about the bird, you're not going to say it. You're going to be like, Yeah, I know about the bird. What do you think? 
Of course I know. Everybody knows about the bird. I know, of course. No questions for me about the bird. I get what you mean completely. The best part of the song is the part about the bird. That is the part that got my attention when I was listening to it. I know about the bird, and I want to kill it. The end. Good job, Scapey. That is a very good and thoughtful essay on the lyrics of Surfing Bird. So, um, anyway... Um, what did you guys think of his essay? Write into us, castingwax.gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, like I said, hopefully two weeks from tonight, there will be an episode about uh, the final debatatorium and our, you know, semi-last episode until the, the celebratory last episode. So hopefully you will all enjoy it and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Be seeing you. Cities laughing all the way to Hades while that's happening the oh, dawn. We got our updates yeah. weekly. Our site's uniquely customized for all you guys who want to critique me. But don't try to front when you're on the front page. Go to the message board to post so you'll be feeling my rage. I'm a madman when it comes to this site. I'm busy macking on the killer nearly every single night. But if it's your belief, then you'll be giving me grief. Then step up off of that mic because I'm editor in chief. I'm Mr. White, y'all. They call me Jordan the Jordan. I'm busy keeping it free so everyone can afford. Just go back a week and do me and my wax working proof. But when you're through, we bigger you just go and post on the boards, yo. All around the world.